Hello and welcome to the L&D Challenges podcast series. Adam here is your host, and today I'm joined by Andrew Golightly. Andrew is a learning and development specialist at EDF, where he's managed all aspects of the end-to-end training cycle in a complex and large multinational. He's an expert at designing and delivering change programs that improve performance. And today he's here to share some of his experiences rolling out new initiatives at EDF. Andrew, it's a real pleasure to have you join us here today. Welcome. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Fantastic. Brilliant. So, Andrew, one thing I wanted to, before, before we dive into some of the meat of the detail is I just want to get a bit of context as to kind of things that you look after within learning and development at EDF, obviously. It's a massive company. I'm sure there's a lot, of, a lot of things going on and a lot of kind of plates spinning. But yeah, just so people can kind of position the things that, that you're, you're responsible for and the stuff you look after, maybe give us a quick background on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so at EDF, I'm the learning design lead and I work in the digital and innovative learning team and a team that's part of a larger team called people development. So we're a corporate HR function. So we sit quite centrally within EDF and we support all business units across the whole organization with their learning needs. And yeah, quite rightly, Adam, you said it, it is a large company. There's lots of moving parts. So we'll support from everything from our customers business, who I guess most of the listeners will probably know if they're a customer of ours, so service and gas and electricity, the customers through to our renewables, to our generation. So generating nuclear energy. So very technical and yeah, we've we also support the largest construction project in Europe, which is Hinkley Point C. So the building of new nuclear energy as well. So very varied, lots of different needs and wants. And yeah, we, we support with all of that. And I guess it, not exclusively, but I think the shout out is that leadership is quite a big part of what we do. So we do specialize quite a lot and we do tend to focus a lot on leadership, but yeah, not exclusively though. Yeah. So hope, hope, hopefully that helps. And yeah, I mean, how can you not focus on leadership with that many people in the business? It kind of, it, uh, I imagine it could fall apart if that's not something that is, that is kind of well, well oiled as such. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, over 10,000 employees, we I'd probably go into some of the leadership data we get into the, into the conversation, but yeah, around two and a half thousand leaders. So yeah, wow. quite big old numbers. Was that what Yeah. And it's fascinating that you're a core group and you look after such a diverse range of learning requirements, like you say, from soft skills through to incredibly technical stuff, I imagine, in terms of designing and building Hinkley Point. That's got to be crazy amounts of, of technical stuff in there. Cool. So re- really, really fascinating. What I, what we want to talk to you today and what we really want to get into is talking a bit about learner engagement. And I think you've got a, we'd like to talk us through a program that you launched last year that where engagement was a big focus. So maybe Give us some of the background on that and we can dive into some of the details. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the program that I'm kind of here to talk around today is EDF Accelerate. So this started as a pilot in 2021 run by a colleague in our leadership team. And I was part of the group supporting that. And we identified, Adam, that as a people development you know, team, we offer three core leadership programs. And I guess this won't be out of the ordinary for other organizations as well, but we have a program for first line leaders, mid-level, so leading other leaders, and then for senior leaders, which is leading the business. And well-established now, they're great. We get amazing feedback, amazing impact results from those. But 
you know, just down to logistics, not all of our leaders are going to get the chance to go through one of those programs. There's limited spaces and there, there can be a, a big time commitment there for a leader to, to go through one of those programs and develop. So, so there was a gap and ADF Accelerate was identified as, as the way to, to bridge that gap. So we started as a pilot in 2021 and that was for around 500 leaders. And I guess, yeah, that's where the numbers still get a bit scary because here you're doing a pilot for 500 people. So yeah, yeah that, 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 that sounds like a pretty big pilot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, yeah, kind of once that upscales you then, yeah, start to worry a bit. But we did a pilot and landed really well. We had a lot of engagement. You know, we offered different types of sessions, different types of content. We, we gave it a lot of variety and yeah, we wanted to continue. We got the buy-in from our, our senior leadership team that Accelerate, we needed it to continue. We wanted it to continue in 2022 and that's when we then expanded the program. So it became, it was aimed and targeted at all leaders. One of the things we quickly noticed as we started to look through the data around how would we design the program, we had large pockets of people who, in our HR system, they didn't have a little tick in the box to say they had direct reports. We recognized that they play a pretty significant role in influence and leading people indirectly through through huge change projects. I mentioned Hinkley Point C, our project manager population is so key to Hinkley Point C. So, so we wanted to expand it to, to, to incorporate even more people. So yeah, get, give ourselves more work to do. And also aspiring leaders, let's see, we have to think about the future and the next generation of leaders that, that, that are going to lead ADF through, through all these changes that we're currently experiencing. So yeah, anybody who was aspiring to become a leader, working towards becoming a leader in our organization, we wanted to reach out to them as well. So hopefully that kind of gives some context as to where EDF Accelerate, how it came to be and the need that it was going to fill. Yeah. I mean, j just to, if you're able to talk about it, just like, I guess a slightly technical point, you had your first line, mid-level senior programs in place. What was the big difference in terms of delivery for Accelerate? Was Accelerate more digitally focused versus kind of in, in person for those more traditional programs? What was the, uh, what was the, yeah, how did they differ basically? Really good point. So, and it all comes back to the data, Adam. So, so data is key. I think as a team, we want to be data driven and informed by data. So we, we undertook in working with our learning ops team and the data experts within that, we looked at all of this data we had available. So th those leadership programs you mentioned, we had, there was so much rich data that came from those, from evaluation and asking leaders what they wanted, what they thought they needed. We looked externally, we looked at what was happening, what our providers were, were doing with other companies. So we, we took all this and all of that data really helped to shape the Accelerate program. So how did it differ? So you mentioned digital. Yes, it was 100% digital. So it was all hosted on Zoom. A key difference compared, I guess, to our leadership programs in a, a bit of a buzzword, probably is in L and D at the minute is bite size. So like bite size, yeah. We like we love bite size, <laughs> don't we? So we ha we have to recognise that I think since the pandemic, things have just getting busier. Calendars and diaries are more packed than they have ever been. So we needed to we needed to keep this really concise and impactful where it wasn't going to negatively impact somebody taking time out to, to work on their development as, as opposed to then having a detrimental impact to their work and balance and their work and life. So bite size was a key one as well. it was staged monthly. So we, we had one session every month. It was themed around a particular topic and one for Accelerate for last year was all around 
improving the employee experience and preparing for change. Our program's going to be running this year and transformation and change is the main, the main topic. So last year's it's kind of flowed nicely into this year's offering as well. So yeah, totally digital. It wasn't mandatory. None of these sessions were mandatory. So I was going to ask that. Yeah. They were mandatory. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's for me, Adam, that's a really key point. I think if we look at L&D in organizations, I think there's sometimes there's a lot of training that is mandated or people kind of get nominated for. And and I think a key thing is missing from that and that's choice. Yeah. And that's one thing I wanted to introduce for ADF Accelerate is we would have a program of events, but we left it up to the learner on what they did or didn't attend. So they could see everything, all events, they could see the synopsis, what they were going to learn, what it entailed. But ultimately it was down to them to click the button to, to enroll on that event. And they could possibly for, for one of the first times or first time in a while, they played a, a key role in actually choosing and mapping out their development plan for the year. So, so yeah, I think again, when it comes to engagement, which I guess is one of the key themes of this conversation that really helped, I think, putting that control into the learner's hands. Yeah, that, this seems like a nice segue into engagement, actually, because there, there is, to play devil's advocate, you put all this effort into an amazing new learning program. And it, there's a risk that if you don't make it mandated, nobody ever turns up or nobody, nobody uses it, of course, yeah. but, but you're thinking about it in a much more a comprehensive way. So what things did you put in place or how did you get word out there? How did you get buy-in from people on it? What was that? What did that process look like? Because I think that's the thing that's going to be really interesting to people listening as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we, we recently, so people development, we've recently kind of changed the way that we work. So we've started to move towards a more product centric way of working. So looking at what we have, so things like our core leadership programs that, that I've mentioned, looking at them more as a products that we can offer our customer, which is ultimately the business units, the organization. And that kind of really struck a chord with, with myself and the team that I was working with for, to deliver Accelerate. And we started to think of it more as a product. And and rather than just kind of tell people about it, we started to advertise it more. And I think thinking about that and how do we market an L&D program, starting to think about what's in it for the leaders. It was data-driven. It was, we were using what they were telling us to build this program, but it was bite-sized. It wasn't a, it wasn't going to take up too much of their time. They can, they could access it virtually from anywhere they were. We were going to record the sessions and talk a bit about the metrics and stuff around that as well. So the sessions were recorded. So again, could be accessed when, whenever they wanted, whenever it was convenient. And yeah, and we just, we really had a look and just try to bring in some different things to do to try and I guess, and it, it might not be the right word, but I quite like it is how do you almost disrupt somebody from their day to day? I think we, we probably all fall into a pattern. Yeah, grab their attention and start a new habit, start a new learning habit. Yeah, and it's how do we catch somebody's eye and disrupt them from what they're used to doing to actually stand up and think or sit up and think, oh, that sounds sounds amazing. So so yeah, so we advertised it a lot more than we have done in the past for any programs like this. So that was one key one. And we, we branded it as a program. We worked with our brand team and we branded ADF Accelerate. And 
every conversation we used it, it's easy to understand, it's nice, it's snappy. And it just, it became, the word accelerate became synonymous with this program. And I think, you know, that, that always helps. We hear these big brands, you, you, you see Apple, you think of the, the technology company, you think of the phones and you know, I'm not saying we've reached those levels, but yeah. Maybe 2024. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but within ADF, I guess it's kind of the more I start and I was, I speak to so many different people in the business and the guy asked them, so what are you working on at the minute, Andrew? Yeah, I'm on an accelerator. Oh yeah. I've attended a session. Oh, I was really in it. So it was just, that's, I guess it just built it up as it became its own, its own brand that people recognized and, and knew what that stood for. So, so yeah, kind of just getting the word out there, advertising. And then yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a campaign trail, Adam, I think look, looking at key stakeholders and going out and just chatting to them and talking to them, giving a demonstration. Our, our employee networks were key, meeting up with our network leads and how this can help them in their roles and their networks. The kind of what we were trying to do, the ethos behind it, of we were genuinely trying to improve our employees' experience at work through, through providing development in, in some core skills, conversation skills and empathy, vulnerability. So, so, so these were some of the key topics that, that we focused on. So, uh, I mean, an, another one as well, I guess, key thing for me as well was just the simplicity of it. I think there's sometimes a need or a want to create a really elaborate and fancy and shiny system or a process or a way to do things. And at People Development, we, I guess you would call it our mission statement, is we want to provide simple access to impactful people development. That's, that's our mission statement. And those first two words are really key for myself. So we wanted people with within one click to be able to, you know, reach somewhere or hit a landing page where they could see everything in one go. Cause I, I think as soon as, as soon as people have to click too many times or they have to start scrolling or yeah. just a, a barrier comes up when, whilst trying to do that, you, you've lost them. We are, we, we're competing, we're trying to disrupt and we're trying to compete with a lot of other things that is more of a priority. So yeah, we just created some really simple access to, to allow leaders, project managers, aspiring leaders to, to access this development as well. Just from a tech point of view, if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to give like specific specifics, but was that handled by like a learning management system and experience platform, or was it handled by something like SharePoint or kind of a shared intranet area? What was the tech kind of supporting that? Yeah. So it was a learning management system. So with, so we'd recently onboarded a new learning management system. And I guess this was a challenge. We had learning content on there. It was probably the majority of it was historical from our previous system that, that we'd migrated over. And we certainly didn't anything on there near to the size engagement wise of traffic or the traffic size that we were hoping we would see for ADF Accelerate. So that, yeah, that was a big challenge. It worked really closely with Anne and our learning services team and Linda who look after our learning management system. So as a new piece of tech, yeah, it was a lot of use. So going back to that product analogy, a lot of user testing, a lot of backwards and forwards going to the drawboard just to really strip it out to kind of how can we, yeah, as I say, within one click, how can we provide somebody with everything they need to make an informed decision about their development? So yeah, it was hosted on a learner management system, which then again gave us some more rich data. We could see enrollments and kind of how many people were tending. So we could then work with the provider just to give them a bit more insight around how many people we would expect to to show up to these events. But yeah, it was, it was done just, yeah, really nice, simple, quick within minutes, people could go in there and sign up to whichever events that, that they wanted or needed. Great. There's some real, there's some real golden nuggets in here, Andrew. So I love the focus on the end user. And that's something that we talk about a lot actually is that you've got to make it stupidly simple for people to 
do what you're asking them to do. Otherwise, they're not going to do it or something else will come along and they'll do that instead. So that that's so, so important. This podcast is brought to you by AssembleU, the audio learning specialists. Adam here, co-founder of AssembleU. My cousin Rich and I started AssembleU in 2022 after finding we were doing a lot of our own personal development using podcasts and audiobooks. We loved audio as a format and wanted to combine the convenience of listening to something with formal, outcome-driven learning that had real impact. The result is a power skills library that helps coach and guide listeners through critical topics like leadership, mental health, well-being, productivity, growth, sustainability, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Each AssembleU audio lesson is succinct and backed by research and real-life experience. They all include additional learning aids, including downloadable keypoint infographics, further reading lists, and testing. Listen to some free samples or find out more about how AssembleU can support your bespoke audio requirements by visiting assembleu.com. And then just going back to your advertising and marketing bit, like engaging with key stakeholders, it sounds like what you were doing there was like less kind of top down, do this, but more grassroots, bottom up, get bringing on board ambassadors, basically, who would help spread the word of what, of what you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's exactly it. And this is the same, I guess, for around engagement, so not accelerate specific, although it does, it, it does apply. But, you know, I was working with a colleague on my team, Nick, and one of our learning partners, Laura, on another piece. So they'd, they'd held a focus about a totally different piece of learning. But what came out of this focus group, which were experienced leaders in our generation business, what came out was that there was no real kind of concise or consolidated support for new first-line leaders in our generation business. There was stuff on our company internet. There was a lot of experience in people's heads, but there was kind of policies and all these other things. And what came out of that focus group was from leaders was th- this need, which we, we then created a, a series of e-learning modules that new first-line leaders would take at different, different parts of their journey of their career. And the kind of the tagline that came out of that, which I genuinely believe really helped us with the engagement was that that was for leaders by leaders. And I think the Accelerate program is very similar. We used a lot of data from our leadership programs, from other events that we've run, and we really took that. So yeah, we wanted to design a program and we want to design learning interventions that are for people, but by that, by those people and are really informed by those people, because I think we're seeing for a piece of e-learning, we're seeing some amazing engagement results and stats and with more people than I think we planned for have kind of jumped on board and want to have a look at it. So yeah, it's amazing to see, but I think that is really key that yeah, engaging with the audience and and again, going back to the product angle, that's if a company is launching a product, they would do product testing, user testing, they would go out there and that mindset again. That's a really clever way of thinking about it. You're effectively supplying a product that is competing for people's time yeah. and it needs to stack up and like you say, engaging with stakeholders in the design of the product and the content and then engaging with stakeholders in the actual marketing and distribution of the product as well is, is incredibly important. I think gone are the days when, you know, you can just tell people about something and expect them to just do it. It's not how it works anymore, is it? No, and that's it because there's so much more that we could be doing that we maybe, we, and yeah, let's be honest, that we maybe want to do more than personal development. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a, yeah, it's a competitive, 
It's, yeah, it's difficult because I've spoken to a lot of people about this and been in the industry a while, but I think there's a, a lot of people want to do development, but they feel like it's a, it's almost like a luxury that they can get to after they've done all the things that they've on their task list. Should, yeah, they should be doing also, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of a part of our job, I guess, as learning and development professionals is to help reframe that because it's in a lot of cases equally or more important than some of the other things that they have, they have going on. So let's talk about impact because I think this is great. So you, we've gone through engagement and how that's gone and actually higher than expected engagement figures, which is brilliant. How did you measure impact and how do you think about impact for something like leadership? Because let's be honest, it's a very, very difficult to measure the impact of something like a leadership program. Because you ever done being a leader, you don't kind of just qualify as a leader and that's it. It's one of those, it's one of those ongoing things that you're kind of always working at until the day you retire, basically. So, so yeah, how are you thinking about impact and measuring that? Yeah. So, so for EDF Accelerator, kind of just discuss what we did. So I guess a big impact measure for us was engagement, if that makes sense. So it was, it was the first year that we'd launched to, I guess, our full audience. So we wanted, yeah, key success for us around what, around impact was, yeah, did people engage with the content that we're providing? And I was, I'm so pleased to, to see here and to see that, that they did. So I guess just to kind of share some high level stats around, around Accelerate and the engagement impact. So we, but when the kind of dust settled, we ended up running seven sessions in total. We had just over 970 individuals engage with the program. Wow. So, and that could be from enrolling on one of the events to we had people attend them all. So a bit of a broad spectrum, but we had over 970 people in, interact with, with the program over the course of the year, which, yeah, it was incredible for me to, to see that and to see the amount of enrollments. We, if you think of kind of the number of spaces enrolled, we were over 3,000. So there was over 3,000 spaces enrolled in total over, over these events and physical attendance. I think at the end, we had 30, over 1,300 spaces physically attended over the course of the year as well. So yeah, it was, it was amazing to see. And I guess from an impact point of view, it was tough because they were bite-sized. We wanted to keep that. We knew that was key. We, we didn't want to increase the, the timings. So we worked with the provider to almost cut down on some of the content and just really ensure that we ended the session on something tangible, practical that the leaders could take away and try or implement or just use in their next one-to-one team meeting, project update, whatever that was. So we tried to, we really tried to do that so we could have an impact. I guess from, from a leadership in general and, and evaluation, we've done a lot of work last year on standardizing our evaluate, how we measure impact, Adam. So it was even as a people development team, we probably had three or four different ways that we were measuring evaluation and different questions that we were asking. Um, yeah, that, that makes it difficult to compare data, doesn't it? <laughs> if you're yeah, collecting exactly. slightly different things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We, well, we couldn't. I think the simple answer is we couldn't. So we spent a lot of time last year standardizing how we evaluate. And, and now we were in a place and again, our learning ops and data team have done a great job of, we've now got Tableau dashboard reporting where we can easily compare our learning, our products or our learning offerings against each other to see kind of which ones are performing as expected, where are some potential, some potential interventions are needed for some of them because they might not be hitting kind of where we want, what's the feedback telling us. 
So yeah, we've done a lot. And part of that is around for a leader, how do we evaluate impact or measure impact for a leader? So a lot of that has been around the observational data. So and utilizing the learning management system to try and automate as much of this as possible, because it Previously, Adam, it was very manual, labor-intensive. So how can we automate it? So yeah, we've got our LMS in a position that, you know, if we want to measure the behavioral change in our leaders following and learning intervention, then our LMS is kind of prompted to kick out surveys to that leader, to their line manager, to their direct reporter if needed. So we can gather some observational data to say that the leader's been through a program on empathy. Let's say, are they putting that into practice are on the ground? Are we seeing that behavior starting to come in, into their work more and more? So we can, we can review it that way and we can get a good idea on, yeah, we really have a, a behavioral impact on the learners that, that kind of come through our programs and interventions. Brilliant. And out of interest, are you tying that in with, I, I don't know how you guys run kind of reviews and things like that, but is that data all then tied in with, with the appraisal process? Is it, have you managed to link it all together? No. So the kind of the data, I guess, is what we're using that for initially. So this is still pretty new, but what we're doing with that initially is just using that as a way to review our own offerings and our own products yeah. as a first step minimum. And I, I did with, with Accelerate, for example, the I'd said we kind of, we, we changed the content slightly. It, that came from evaluation data. That came from, there was quite a strong voice from leaders saying, we love that it's an hour, but it just feels a bit rushed. We, we're trying to pack quite a lot in there. So, so that allowed us to work with the provider and cut down on maybe his intros or maybe it's kind of the middle bit of the session where it was, you know, maybe it's a bit too content heavy. Can we cut that down and, and kind of focus a bit more on the takeaway for our leaders? So yeah, so we're using that data to review our own programs and how we can improve. But yeah, there's, there is a separate piece of work at the moment that I'm involved with that is looking at our full appraisal program and what, what, you know, what does that look like going forward? What, yeah, what does that look like in a modern workplace? I think we've had the same appraisal process for as long as I can remember. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of noise in that space around, around changes. And yeah, so I've been looking at some case studies and what are other companies doing and yeah, working on, we're working on that kind of separately at the moment as well as a, as, as an additional piece. Very cool. Yeah. And I love the idea of an analytics tool to pull in all these different things. I think a lot of systems will have analytics of some sort baked in. I'm talking learning management systems here, but yeah. you're using a tool like Tableau. You can pull in stuff from loads of different data sources, find different ways to standardize it and, and get a much kind of broader, more meaningful picture, which is, I guess, what you're going for. Yeah, absolutely. And another, just to kind of quickly mention another system. So we're currently looking, so we've just had the results of our annual survey, which again, it'd be a common feature in most organizations and we're using Alteryx, yeah, to pull out sentiment. Because I think, and that's quite a key thing, isn't it? Because learning and development is a, it's a people business where people development, we, we don't want to reduce people down to numbers. So what can we do with that data to, to get a real sense and a feeling of, of people's experience going through that? So yeah, we're just, we're looking at that at the moment. So that'll be interesting. We're hoping over the next few weeks to have some data from, firstly, from our group survey, our EDF UK survey, just to, to see what are people's sentiments when it comes to learning and development and kind of see what that brings. But then using that for our programs, I think EDF Accelerate had 
had nearly 300 verbatim comments by the end of the year. So yeah, what sentiments can we pull out of that to help shape the program for the next year and the coming years as well? Really cool. Like, like that as well. So yeah, using proper data science tools to dig into sentiment as well around around this kind of stuff. Brilliant. So I've got a couple more questions for you. One of them, this one I always like because it's a kind of you know, what went wrong question, but what hurdles did you have to overcome with, with Accelerate? Where were the blockers? What lessons did you learn? Because I think that's, there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. And I possibly touched on a couple. So I think having a brand new learning management system, I really don't want to kind of make that sound like it, it, it was an easy process because it was a lot of work from a lot of people to really get that to the point of where we wanted and really explore what the system could do you know, make changes to the system especially around all the automation so the pilot of accelerate through through no one's fault we didn't have a learning management system at the time was very manual i think the group who were working on it we all took we all took turns of sending sending invites or chasing things or posting posting messages to try and promote some conversations and things and but it, it was a very yeah labor-intensive process so i think that i'm saying that from an edf accelerate point of view but i guess for people listening you know that is a potential hurdle isn't it is how can you get people to access what they need as quickly and as easily as possible. And that's what we wanted. That was one hurdle we wanted to, yeah, just totally knock out the wheel for this, for EDF Accelerate. That was a big one. And technology exists now to automate a lot of those manual things you were doing. So that's the thing. It's just sometimes, like you're saying, the learning curve on a new piece of tech like that can be really steep, especially when it's brand new to the brand new to the business and you don't have those internal experts that can that have been using it for years and know how to plug things together or plum things together, you know. And and that's it. It's a good point, because we shouldn't, and I shouldn't just think of it from kind of the L&D side, but the learner, this was a brand new tool for the learner that they possibly, I would imagine in most cases might not have used. So it, again, it's, it, it is, it's just given that simple access. I think you said it, you, we just need to make it kind of, yeah, as easy as possible for people to get to where they need. And I think an, another hurdle from the pilot definitely was the amount of said of manual, it was manual labor intensive, the amount of time it took. And I think with Accelerate last year, because of the work that we all did with the LMS, it got to a point where around halfway through the year, I canceled our, our project and product calls because we, we just didn't need them. It was running itself. People were enrolling, people could access it, people were dialing into the sessions. Yeah, it just, it freed up a lot of time for ourselves as well, and probably a lot of time for the learner. So, so yeah, that, that was definitely a big one. And I kind of touched upon the session, 60 minutes is great and bite size is great, but it's not a lot of time. It's, it goes quickly. So it's kind of, yeah, how do we best design and run those sessions? to to make them as effective and as efficient as possible for people so we're not getting to five to the hour and people are starting to rush or people are starting to drop off because they're thinking of their next call or they need to they need to go and do something so so that was a big hurdle as well is whilst bite size and 60 minutes is great it also then poses some other challenges and i think you have to really think about yeah, how can you get the most out of that time and the learner's time with that as well yeah big time i mean my my thoughts always are with bite size it's a lot more difficult to do bite size well because you're trying to condense a lot of important information in a lot of cases into a very short time frame. So yeah. doing that is actually a little bit of an art. If you're, especially if you're presenting or teaching something in a live environment, it's very easy to go off down rabbit holes and kind of speak around topics when actually you just need to get to the really good stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's trying to keep at some point we, we had over 200 people on some of these calls. So how do you keep them engaged? So kind of, you, you know, using the chat and using emoji, bringing in polls, all these things. And it was, I think we kind of worked off a bit of a rule every three to five minutes. We should be trying to get the audience to interact in some way to keep them, keep them interested, keep them engaged and to get their thoughts. And it was great. They attended all the sessions and just sitting watching the chat kind of go. It was facilitated amazingly well. And I think pe people were able to kind of really take part in, in something that could quite easily be a very one side interaction. You, you risk that kind of, you, you risk that passive thing, don't you? Yes, and it's absolutely. Rather than active when I think it, it's easier to be active when you've got a load of people in a room. Because you can look them in the eye and ask them questions and do stuff as a facilitator when you're doing it digitally. Yeah, you have to put those extra steps in place to ensure that there is feedback coming and they are still switched on and they're not looking at their other screen yeah, exactly. that you can work or they got it on in the back. I think exactly that it is. It's exactly that element. Yeah. All challenges of this virtual world that we now occupy. But yeah, I think we did. I think we managed it. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. No, it sounds like it. And uh, yeah, the results kind of speak for themselves, especially year one, because I think as the Accelerate brand grows across the business, those, those numbers are going to, those numbers are going to, are going to continue to climb, which is amazing. So final question, we'd like to end on a hypothetical one here. If you were starting in a new company where learning engagement was low and the learning culture was maybe poor, what would you do? So you parachuted in as a as an L&D expert or consulted into, into maybe another large firm, but people aren't engaging with anything. What's, what do you look at? Where do you start? Okay. So I think there's, there's possibly two, two things I'd want to discuss. And then maybe one of them is, yeah, to kind of look around. So when we're seeing learning engagement is law, I think for me, it would be really good to understand what that means and what good learning engagement look like for that organization. And this is something I've been thinking about quite quite a bit recently and kind of a quick example around I guess learning engagement is recently we kind of woke up a couple of weeks ago woke up say well what's absolutely freezing what's happening the heating hadn't come on and probably tell from the accent I'm from the northeast so we're not known for our tropical climate so it was cold especially yeah, in December yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was kind of had a look at the boiler and error code googled it low pressure I was like right so how do I increase the pressure and yeah probably turned arguably the biggest learning content hub in the world YouTube and there was, there was, so there was a video and I think it was about five minutes, I think this video and I kind of, I think a lot of YouTube videos now have chapters, which are really, really cool and really help, but kind of this one didn't. So I kind of skimmed along the video to where I could see him kind of play, playing with the boiler. And I ended up watching probably about 40 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute max of this video, I found out how to up the pressure, you know, closed it down, up the pressure, heat came back on all, all good. And I was kind of like reflecting on that as from a learner engagement point of view, if I was the creator of that video, looking at that, that, that instance of me, I'd probably be really disappointed. I'd be thinking, oh, Dave, why are people only watching 10% of my video? Yeah. It must be terrible. 40 seconds, kind of, five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That must be, yeah, my, my, that, that must be a really bad, terrible video. No one's engaging with it yet. From a learner point of view, it's perfect. I've getting what I've needed. I've just navigated to, to what I needed. And so, yeah, it just got, it got us thinking around 
around learner engagement, I think we often say, oh, if it's not 100% or if it's not 80%, then it's bad engagement. And, and yeah, it just, that, so it would be really good to know that. And, and from ADF Accelerate is actually, so an example with that is, is that there's two ways to look at it. So from how many people enrolled on a session to how many people physically showed up, the kind of conversion, the percentage of people attended was, it, I think we ended up, it was in the 40%. And I might look at that and go, that's oh, not great. Less than half, or I was hoping for more than that. But then when you look at the numbers, 40 odd, for the number of people we had enrolled, 40 odd percent attendance was nearly 200 people. We've engaged 200 people in a piece of learning that we wouldn't have done in the past or previously. So I think, yeah, I think looking at why we think learner engagement is low, it'd be a really interesting one. I think for me, that would be an avenue I would want to explore. Because, yeah, thinking of that YouTube video, if I cut that five minutes down to one minute, my engagement goes straight up to 90% and it's the greatest thing ever. So I think, yeah, having some context around what's law, what's good. And I think the key thing for me is understanding why. If people just genuinely aren't interacting or adopting or engaging with the learning, we need to understand why. And it could be a multitude of things that we've discussed kind of advertising and marketing. They might not know about us. They might not know it's there. It might not be relevant to, to them or their job or their role. But I think a really key thing that we're looking to do in people development this year is kind of really formalize focus groups. Okay, I mentioned focus groups earlier and how from something totally separate, a great piece of learning has been created. So I think we're looking to do a lot more with focus groups. But I think really getting in and going on the ground and speaking to the people that this learning is aimed at and understanding why they aren't engaging with it. And what can we do to help them? Again, is it too long? Can we can we make it shorter? Is it not relevant? How can we make it relevant to, to what they need and in, in that time and place? And and I think, yeah, that to me is just really key. And I think we we for accelerate this year, we've got a, a session planned in, which I think it, it kind of really summarizes this and it's listen from the ground up. Is and I think that is just when we're talking about learning, I think it is so important to listen to every level of the organization around this. So yeah, that's where that would be my starting point, I suppose, Adam. Brilliant. No, that's really strong. Yeah. Get, understand the why, basically. Yeah. Speak to people, get out there and meet people, speak to them. Why aren't they engaging? And again, they could turn around and say, oh, well, we are, but you know, we just need this bit. Yeah. This is missing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Brilliant. Really great to talk to you, Andrew. Thank you so much for, for coming on today and then sharing your experiences. It sounds like the Accelerate program is, is off to a great start and, and yeah, look forward to hearing more about it in the future or maybe seeing you collect an award at some point for uh, putting it all together. So yeah, really appreciate your time. Anything else you want to, want to share or talk about or should we, uh, should we leave it there? No, I think any, anyone who's listening who've kind of liked the sound or want to connect, feel free. I'm on LinkedIn Learning. I love connecting with new people and I'm going to be going to try and get out and about as much as I can this year and attend some events. I'm at World of Learning soon. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, please feel free to reach out and connect and yeah we can happy to continue the discussion great stuff brilliant so yeah connect with andrew on linkedin that's brilliant thank you that's all we have time for today we'll be back soon with a another episode of the l and d challenges podcast but thank you for listening everybody